0: No. so this is like what happens right like we grow up we find weird shit yeah start meeting other people like weird shit 100 and then there's like this threshold that gets cut off right where there's so many of the people that i know pretty much everybody that i know from high school uh-huh none of those motherfuckers are into the weird shit anymore uh, and it like but like something with us it's stuck yeah and we continue <laughs> to find more and more people that are into the weird shit 100 yeah yeah
1: I love it it's just i don't know i found that once i became an adult and then i finally like in like my mid to late 20s got a career where i could like actually do the fun shit i've always wanted to do it's just like why turn into a boring ass adult at this point in time like i can finally do the fun shit i want to do and I haven't looked back.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty much the same thing. It was like really weird. I almost didn't even realize that, like at the time, that when I like graduated high school, that was really kind of synonymous with me getting into the music scene. One hundred percent. And like, I'm just caught up with like trying to meet new people and meet promoters and Mm -hmm. all this dumb shit. Where it was like, you know. I start playing shows, and then I realize that, like, nobody that's like, none of my homies are ever coming out. And it's like, oh, everybody changed. (laughs) Yeah. And then, like, you know, two years (laughs) later, it's like, oh, wow, if it wasn't for the music scene, like Mm -hmm. in Pittsburgh, like, I would have no friends. I would have nothing.
1: Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Most of my buddies are either dudes or anybody I've played shows with over the decade plus now, or just people I've known from shows being in. Pittsburgh now for almost 20 years I think yeah 20 years it'll be in July of of this year because I I I was from Ohio like middle of nowhere northwest Ohio like the closest like the closest big city would have been Toledo but even then that was an hour away (laughs) so it was just like in high school found metal through buddies like my one buddy who now runs like a small like heavy metal label Lucas, uh, he like one day in art class, dude, he just like came up and he's like, you got to listen to this. And it was Stradivarius. If oh, you know fuck that. yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I do. Just killer speed <laughs> metal band. And they were like, uh, it was like their song, uh, I think, At the Speed of Light. I was just like, what the fuck is this? This is insane. Because, you know, like, because I'm, I'm 38. I was born in 86. And I think we're like right about the yeah. same age. Yeah, right. I was born in 85. Yeah, so I graduated high school in 2004. So for people our age it was like i remember like middle school it was like had the little boom box and took it to the baseball field with friends and was listening to like Limp biscuit cds totally and just like <laughs> i don't know why we'd be in the baseball field <laughs> <but> just like <laughs> fucking around with uh-huh. biscuit playing and then yeah it was like i remember like getting for christmas and like 14 years old i think i was like i want like It was the latest Aussie CD, which was like early 2000s Aussie, which was... Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, But like System of a Down's Toxicity. I got like Alien Ant Farms (laughs) Anthology, I think was that that album. yeah. And so it was just like the System of a Down especially like drew me in. And then my buddy who was already into metal was like, you're already listening to this stuff. Like here's Stradivarius." And then they like showed me Children of Bodom and in flames and like himsa and shadows fall and like slayer and shit so it was just like immediately just like getting engrossed in that but like i couldn't go to shows because there were no shows like Mm. toledo would sometimes have stuff but like the toledo scene now is insane like there's bands like mutilated and hanging fortress and so much cool stuff. But back then there was like maybe a couple bands. Like there was a band called like Forever Lost and like sure. Terminator. And they were cool. But like one friend had a car, so he could yeah. never get to shows. So like when I moved to Pittsburgh for college in 04, I was just like, Oh, I'm in a city where shows happen. And that just fucking that opened the floodgates for me. Yeah. it was so sick. So Yeah,
0: it's so funny. I feel like the thing that I really like about going to shows Mm. in pittsburgh is it i feel like there's like a nine out of ten chance that you're gonna be there
1: yeah (laughs) i mean and and that's the thing like i thought like you're just like
0: always out and it doesn't even matter like it doesn't even have to be like any particular niche of metal Mm -mm. you know what i mean it's just like you're around yeah
1: honestly at this point i'd rather see what the scene's doing like i would rather see my friends playing a show then go like I don't even like going to stage AE shows. Like sure. I think that's too big for me. Mr. Small's and like that that sort of size, I feel like that's big enough. But even then, anymore, I I just do the DIY spots. I like I like to go to the preserving DIY basement shows, like the the dungeon room, like the small space. I've played there a few times. Uh I like to do uh shred shed because you know. Dingo and Brooks they run that with Metal Mary and I've known those people forever and they do a cool job like it's just I don't know I'm just I'm so much more interested in what Pittsburgh like metal and hardcore and just Pittsburgh bands in general are doing as opposed to like a big touring band because at this point any big touring band I've seen them like I've already seen them in 20 years so it's just I'd rather go to smaller shows at this point and it hasn't slowed down at all.
0: I'm I'm also noticing a thing with touring bands now where the the level of production has gotten so sterilized that I don't even feel like I'm at a live show anymore. I feel like I'm at some weird sort of like I don't know what it is. It's a performance. Yeah. But it just feels like everything's way too clean and it's, perfect. Yeah. It all looks the same. It all sounds the same. Yeah. And it's that the,
1: the energy is like lost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing for me. The The bigger a show gets, the more you lose that energy. Yeah. Like, I would much rather go to a Pittsburgh hardcore show in that tiny ass DIY room Where there's 50 kids there, fucking filled to the brim, and just, I don't mosh anymore because I'm (laughs) too old. But like to just see like that new wave of kids just like going off for like, they, what, especially in the Pittsburgh hardcore scene, what I've seen is like kids are going off more for the local bands than they are the touring bands. Like uh, a huge example is when that tsunami band came through and No Reason to Live played. No reason to live's fucking set was way more dangerous than Tsunami's <laughs> set. Sure, and like you, I saw the dudes in tsunami just like watching their set, and being like, "Where the fuck did this band come from?" And it's just like I feel like that's kind of like a bit of a Pittsburgh curse, where it's like there's so much good bands, but we none of us really get a big opportunity to do touring outside of weekenders and you know one week kind of regional runs and that kind of stuff you know there there are those those few bands that have been able to break through that and can do national and euro tours and all that kind of stuff but yeah for the most part the city's just filled with hidden gems
0: yeah i feel like an issue with a lot of the bands in pittsburgh and people in pittsburgh in general is it like you know this is like a working class city Mm. we're logistical we think too much about things we're not delusional enough Mm -hmm. to start (laughs) a touring band there's like a certain level of like craziness that you need to just like have to be able to go out there and just do it right and i think everybody here's to like yeah and to some degree just not delusional enough right which is a shame because
1: like pittsburgh is still one of the cheapest places to live so it's like you'd think if you were to be a touring band, you'd want to live in a city that's yeah way cheaper so yeah uh, but yeah it's just that's always been a bummer but it's always just been like a special little thing too because it's just like not everybody gets to see the bands that we get to see yeah because-
0: and i think that that's probably the case too for a lot of other cities. Yeah. I
1: think that's just in general, there's just so many
0: more bands now mm. than there was even when like I was graduating high school at the same time. Like yeah. you had mentioned like in your area, there wasn't a lot going on. Honestly, like when I was in high school here in Pittsburgh, there was stuff happening, but it wasn't anywhere near the scale of what yeah. it is now. No. Huh. Um, you know, like when I was in high school, there was one band in my high school at the time. Uh, <laughs> one band yeah, and then like 10 years later I'm playing shows with like all of these young kids and it's all like yeah we go to Woodland Hills we're from Woodland Hills we're from Woodland Hills it's like Jesus Christ there's like two dozen bands in this school now there was one And it was a pop punk band and I wasn't even like a pop punk kid, but you know, they were the homies, but it's just like, it it, it was just so
1: different. That was the exact same. I had so many buddies in high school who were in pop punk bands. Uh So I just went to pop punk band shows because those were the only shows available to me. There was no, like, I remember there was one time in high school, like my one friend, she had booked in this, like, I guess it was a community center (laughs) for our little ass town. And we had gotten some like, some like Christian straight edge band from Erie, And so like, that's when I found out about straight edge is like, Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like, I can't, I can't remember for the life of me what that band was called. Yeah. Like that was like, it's like, Oh, that's a hardcore show. That's cool. And then like, yeah, it's just (laughs) moving here. Just like opened up so many doors to like, just so many different genres and just different shows and different areas. Just being able to go to like, Eight different spots in a single city to catch a show is just yeah mind-boggling to me you know
0: yeah I mean? and i mean i think that we've definitely lost a lot but we've also like yeah. gained a lot at the same time yeah, i feel yeah. like a lot of people kind of poo poo on the scene here like oh lack of opportunity and blah blah maybe if you're trying to do some things possibly mm. but i think if like you're down to like meet people down to play shows with different people and you don't need to be like a fucking diva or the world to play a show <laughs> there's plenty of like great opportunities for you and that's coming from somebody that has been in a position where like i feel like sometimes it's hard for like bands that i play in to play smaller shows mm. you know i used to like have this mentality of like Greywalker, walker yeah where it's like we're a metal band and we need like a big stage and big speakers. It needs to be loud for it to make sense, mm. but also we could play the green beacon and it's fine. Yeah. I love it. I just need to like get over that sometimes yeah. where it's like, I want to be like a big rock band. Yeah. But like, <laughs> it's, it, it's easy to be, it's, that's me being a little delusional. I yeah, suppose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know bigger shows always freak me out. <laughs> 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 I think there was when I, uh, when I did like live vocals for Slaves BC, that was the biggest. Now Ooze Cost, uh, that was the biggest show I ever did. We opened for Zao uh, at Mister Small's. Oh, cool! And that was the worst show experience I've ever had. <laughs> they had there was no audio coming from the monitors. Like oh, really? We had done all that sound check stuff, and there was absolutely nothing. Once our set started, nothing coming through the monitors for the first couple songs. We're like looking at the sound guy from the side, like. Hey, come on! Like we can't hear shit because that was that was completely foreign to me. Uh, because like you don't hear anything from the amps on the stage at Mr. Small's. I had no idea because I had just played just Roboto and fucking basement shows and shit. So I had no idea how like an actual real stage. Oh, worked. it's crazy how isolating it and is. Then it's just yeah. Like, what? Why do I hear nothing? This is. <laughs> Freaking me out, and then so it was like we just fucked up like the first couple songs, and then they finally got the songs through, and it's just like it was like the one time to like open up for a band I've been listening to since fucking high school, uh-huh. and it just like completely flub it because it's just like I had no idea how a big real stage fucking. Oh, dude, the first time Gray
0: Walker played with Darkest Hour, it was probably like our worst set ever. Yeah, it was fucking <laughs> cursed, man. So it was downstairs at Kativo, which. Mm -hmm. Not one of my favorite rooms to play, personally. It gets damp. (laughs) Um, Well, that was the issue. Was it like the stage was like wet dude so it was so it was so slippery like that you couldn't hear anything we're playing sloppy it was just a nightmare and it was like (laughs) again with like we we basically are like you know we're like the the pittsburgh ripoff of darkest hour you know what i mean it's like like, oh oh my god (laughs) you know but like we've played with them a couple of times since then and luckily have redeemed ourselves but like (laughs) but like that first one i mean it's like damn dude like that
1: sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it really, really sucks. That's an absolute bummer. Yeah. yeah so I yeah, I per anymore, I just prefer small spaces. Like I don't think I have. We have some shows lined up for my new band, but um yeah, I just I just want to play smaller spaces. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm excited to check out the new project. Yeah,
1: yeah. Condom. uh that's so for people that don't know. I'm Adam Bailey. <laughs> Hi, yes. Uh, I've, been, I've been in Pittsburgh for like 20 years now. I started going to shows in like 2005 here, and then just really starting to like follow local bands and just really absorbing all the scenes. Because for me, like I love metal, I love hardcore. I've done a couple grindcore bands. And so for me, it's just a heavy show is a heavy show. And I know the vibes of each show. I, you know what I mean? It's like, I know what to expect at a hardcore show. I know what to expect at a metal show. There's no such thing as a Pittsburgh grind show. Let's be honest. <laughs> there's like three of us here in this old sure. city. So, yeah. uh, but f- because of that, because I'm in a grind band, I get to play shows with metal bands. I get to play shows with hardcore bands. It's, it's awesome. You know what I mean? Because there's, it's very rare that a grind tour comes through here. So whenever we're playing a show, it's mostly with metal and hardcore bands which i love so but yeah Condom kind of just came out of um my other grind band naraka just kind of being on a an indefinite hiatus for now um so uh i just was getting bored and i hit up my buddy chris Leeper, um who drums in another pittsburgh grind band one of like four uh sarlacc with our buddy phil who runs the green beacon Star Wars grind and uh, he was kind of I knew through the grapevine that he was kind of looking for a project and so I was just like hey do you want to do grind because I'm not done doing grind I, this is my format and this is what I like <laughs> I like minute minute and a half long songs I like writing just a single paragraph of lyrics because I hate writing lyrics sure uh, I, I that's like something I get super self-conscious of is is lyrics so it's like grindcore I feel like is a good place for me Um, so yeah, we just hit each other up one day and we went in his basement and he had already had some stuff he'd been noodling with. And we recorded a demo track with like some drum, like programmed drums. And we got, um, you know, just, we posted that song up and we're just like, Hey, any drummers in the Pittsburgh area want to play this kind of stuff. And our buddy Dylan, uh, who's, um, if you may know him from, uh, he drums in like a stoner doom band, Galactic Jihad. Uh, and he's done like video stuff for like Vibe Vote, if you know them. Uh, he's a younger dude, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, sure. Like, I wanna, I wanna push myself. I wanna do some different kind of drumming, you know, stoner drumming and <laughs> <laughs> grind drumming." Are completely sure, that's yin and yang, so, right so, there. Definitely he came in and nailed it, and it was just like cool. So we've we wrote some songs last year and started playing. Our first shows towards the end of the year and we've got some stuff lined up for this year too. So it's just been super fun to just like to keep doing grind because like when Naraka just had to kind of go on a little bit of a hiatus. I was just like, I need to keep doing this stuff. This, totally. is, this is like I'd spent like a year not playing a show and that's just like. That's a death sentence for me. (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. It's like my favorite thing in the world.
0: Yeah, definitely. I imagine also being someone that goes out to so many shows. You know what I mean? Just being like, damn, I want to be doing this. Yeah, it's really hard for me to like ever go to a show and like not be like, fuck, I want to be working on something. I need to play a show. You know,
1: especially when you see like a young, like one of the young bands coming through, and you're like, god damn it, like this is sick. I need to be doing this. Like, like it's it's been it's been really cool to be like. Hey, I'm not playing shows with the same dudes I've known for a decade plus now. Like, totally, there's young blood. Ever since like the pandemic kind of opened back up, man, this this Pittsburgh scene has just blown up exponentially, and it's been awesome to see. I've
0: yeah, yeah, there's a lot of bands. It's been really cool trying to keep track of it. I like being able to go to local shows mm-hmm. and always like see like a band I've never seen before. Yeah. That's like
1: not uncommon Same, for there to always yeah. be one band. I'm like, who
0: the fuck are these yeah, guys?
1: Yeah. Or it's like you've you've checked out like a new band's EP on Bandcamp and you're like, I need to see them at a show. This is this is gnarly. And then you're just like looking at their socials and like, oh sick, they finally have something coming up. I'm gonna like just make it out to that because I've just been wanting to see them. So yeah. I'm I don't I can't even i do a lot of shows every month it's it's a lot so i mean and that's the thing too it's like it's such a simple thing when like when like some younger kids or something come up and they're just like you know how do you get your band on shows it's like show up like that's rule number one if you want your pittsburgh band to play shows show up that's still the number one rule that hasn't changed in well over a decade you have to be a part of your scene you have to show up you have to talk it's tough. <laughs> like totally. as somebody who is like I'm super comfortable around my friends and I can joke and I can shoot the shit, but like when I'm in an area with like strangers and I don't have a mic on me, like it's it's tough to just walk up. It's like, you know, you have a thousand Facebook friends because people in the local scene just friend you, but like have you gone up to them at a show and talked to them? It's like, you know, you you have to do that. You can't just build that relationship online it's like you have to go to your the shows like if you want to be booked for a show like a promoter a band who also books shows like you have to just go and talk to them and be friendly and it's like it at the end of the day it doesn't even matter if your music is that good oh it definitely does as long as you're a solid person and like people enjoy your presence and they see you showing up that's like you're gonna play. You're yeah, gonna play I mean, a show. <laughs> I've said this
0: like a thousand times. Like, I'm way past the point in my life where I feel like I need to play with bands that are like a similar genre mm, or bands that are 100%. really fucking good. It's like yeah. I don't care how bad your band is. If you're cool as fuck, I'll play a yeah. show with you. I do not
1: care. Yeah, anymore.
0: Because the other yeah. thing too is like, the thing is this. Like, I feel like it's really important for people that are cool to be like welcomed in the scene so we can have more cool people and push mm-hmm. out if there's anybody that's not cool yeah get them the fuck out of here yeah and it's like okay this band isn't good yet Hmm. Maybe they'll get good. And that's, yeah, that's maybe. Maybe they won't. Who cares if they're a good hang? It's they're a, a good hang. It's a <laughs>
1: pretty small chance that your first show, you're coming out the gates swinging. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. takes.
0: It takes. Like, what even is good, anyways I mean, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> it. there's levels. Of
1: good. <laughs> you
0: know, especially when we're talking about like these niche subgenres of right. like heavy metal
1: music. Yeah. It's like it doesn't matter. Like I could fuck up a like a grind set a few times during the set, and people still be like good show because it's just like it's a, a minute long song. Oh Nobody sure, knows if if like Dylan misses a, a single blast or a fill, or if Chris messes up some riff or something. It's as long as you recover and you look at the audience and nobody's like, Oh, of this? <laughs> yeah, know? totally. But also for me, it's just like I feel like if somebody's paying to see any bands I like to put on a show. I don't know if it's good or not, but I'm there. I like to well, be totally. And you know, too, because you're, you're also super animated uh, uh, during a live set. You know what I mean? It's just like, I just feel like if I'm going to be, if somebody's paying 10 bucks to see me, it's like in my sets, 10 minutes long. It's like, that's kind of also why I'm yeah. doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Because as I get older and I'm, Still over 200 pounds. I feel like I can do a 10 minute set. Oh, I bro, can't do dude. a 20, 25 minute oh, set. Oh man, dude.
0: Gray Walker I, just played like a 45 minute I don't set know in Ohio. That. Woo! And it's way. also like it fucking killed me because like one the time is a huge issue, but two is it West Side
1: Bowl? I don't know if you've been there yet. I haven't been there, but I I know the I've I've talked to enough people about yeah. that spot to know like the because it's at yeah, it's at a bowling alley. Yeah, it's uh, a cool spot, but yeah. the stage is huge. Yeah. So
0: when there's space, whether I know I. I know it's not a good yes. idea for me to move around, I but I start do. moving way more than way I'm like physically. More. That's why I like playing the DIY yeah, room and preserving, because <laughs> you can only go like ten <laughs> feet in any direction.
1: So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, I just I like to give it my all and, and really have fun with it. And it's just like I'll have my body hurt for the next couple of days just to put on a fun show. Cause like, I don't know, I think you connect more with an audience when you have a stage presence yeah
0: show, i think you know, know people are coming out to see you know for lack of a better term a rock and roll show mm-hmm. you know they they want the the spectacle of yeah, it yeah, you yeah. know like nobody wants to see like a boring metal show that was like the one thing that was so funny i remember in that like 2004 5 6 mm. that time right you started getting all of like the BT bands and like the progressive yeah. metal movement. And like, as a, a an active listener of music, mm-hmm. I found that stuff very interesting. Yeah. And then I saw these bands live and I was like, I don't know how much I care. Right. Yeah. Because it is a very like static thing. Right. Yeah. And I started finding myself being bored because it's like, I don't really, it's like the composition is interesting and it's really good. And I'm not Mm going to say they're a bad band or, or any of this, but it's like, it's like, I find so much more, I get so much more out of just like the energy and the active output and it just being so less like meticulous. I don't really like the, um, I don't know. I don't like when things are like, so like polished and perfect that when it's in a live environment, it's like, It's like I'll I'll sit at work but, and I'll like, watch
1: that stuff. But, but it's like, like it's yeah. also
0: like there's no there's no excuse because I've seen plenty of other bands that are just as technical mm. that also go fucking nuts live. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like maybe it has nothing to do with the music. It's just the fact that it's just like they're boring I mean,
1: that, performers. Yeah, I mean, but that definitely adds to it though. Where it's like when you have a pedal board. Oh sure. You know the. Like, <laughs> That's multiple feet wide, yeah, and you have all that that stuff. It, it does make it harder for you to perform. and I think that's why, especially lately, I've been like, because i I like that energy, I've been doing more hardcore shows and like more DIY metal shows because it's just like that's where the energy is. that's where that's where I want to be like I, I don't I don't care about seeing you play note for note perfect. I want to see the the essence of those songs in a fun visual way. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's more important to have like a good, a good stage presence than it is to just be like, Oh, he missed that note. It's like, who cares? Yeah. Do you
0: you remember like when we used to live in a time when like bands would release live albums? Oh yeah. You know, it's like there used to be the goal for like a rock band. I felt Mm -hmm. was always like the idea of the studio is to try to capture live experience as much as possible to the point that some bands would release live albums yeah and now somehow in modern metal it's flipped where it's like in the live environment we're trying to replicate the studio experience as much as possible and it it just sounds so fucking sterile yeah it like it bums me out Mm -hmm. it really does i remember seeing back downstairs at cativo again uh i mean whatever you know it's a venue (laughs) i'm glad they're open and letting people play there so i don't want to talk too much (laughs) shit it's just not for me but i saw
1: flesh god apocalypse there oh yeah that's a band that's going to just sound like the studio for 100
0: and like yeah and like you know i understand it's like you're a european band you're touring in the states but there's like no guitar cabs on stage so
1: everything's all digital it's all that weird little Console thing in the middle that all the like, <laughs> there's no cables, there's yeah. nothing. It just, On the guitars, it, it, it's just going it, straight the only
0: that way beat. that it sounded good was if you were standing in the back of the room. Mm. If you're standing up front you and you're an yeah. up front guy, I I'm see you up front, front. you're always up front. front. Just you know, I, I yeah, it. I'm just like, <laughs> I, but it, all you it, can hear is fucking drums, that's it. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I, yeah. I don't mind watching, I, I'll go to the flesh god apocalypse drum clinic any day, boy, rips 100%. But like, I want to see the whole thing. Yeah, you
1: know, and especially just, when a band like that and they have all that orchestral stuff and it's just like that's just a backing track like yeah, I, there's, there's no band any the, one thing that I if you want to go do back in the day is like back in the day, deathcore bands and all that stuff who had those symphonic elements. They at least had a keyboardist on stage. Oh yeah. Nobody has a keyboardist <laughs> anymore. I feel so bad. Like the the keyboard, the the touring metal keyboardist has been hit the hardest by the recession. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like for just, sure, like for sure. Bands have to cut corners and it's just like, you know what? The laptop just does what you do, Kyle. Like, see you later. <laughs> like uh-huh. you're not our keyboardist anymore. And it's like, that's a bummer because yeah. I always had it. Like, I don't really do the symphonic stuff that much anymore, but it was just like Just like seeing that backing track, every band just having a backing track and I'm just like, man, there's just like that little bit extra magic in your live show that's gone now because you don't have a keyboardist.
0: I mean, a lot of the time too, like if I'm not seeing something, my brain isn't thinking to listen for it in the mix. Mm. So if I don't yeah. see a keyboard player on stage, there's a good chance that I'm not even going to be paying attention to those backtracks unless no. it's uh-huh. like the interlude in between songs. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Like if I'm just seeing guitar, bass, drums, vocals, that's all my brain can focus on because mm. I'm trying to see what everybody's doing. Yeah, You know right. what I mean? This is coming from somebody that plays in a band with synthesized backtracks. So mm-hmm. I guess I need to get a keyboard yeah. player for Creatures. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I mean, honestly, not to get too sidetracked, but I I would love to get a, uh, like, I would love for Normal Creatures to be, like, a 10-piece fucking band. It would be so sick. I mean, you've done that
1: on occasion. You've had pretty big lineups for those shows at points, like, you know, it's those little one-offs you've done before where you just got a bunch of people. And it's like, that's, you know, you can't, obviously you can't do that all the time, but, like, a little special, you know, a little special sauce every once in a while we we'll try our best throw that in there yeah but
0: yeah it, it's, it's hard I think the only bands in metal now that still have like keyboard players would probably be like the more like progressive or like Mm. or some even some of the symphonic stuff like yeah night wishing get fucking what's his name tim or whatever he writes all that fucking stuff (laughs) so you know that boy's gonna be on stage front and center he's got job security (laughs) or like jordan rudis from dream theater yeah he's always gonna be on stage that is nice but yeah it's Um, just the
1: legacy bands that are still doing it because they're like well they've been so ingrained in our music forever but well i think
0: that i think that i mean also too i think probably this is going to be the the hot take Mm. i think that if your keyboard parts that are in your songs are actually vital and worth a shit to the actual music you probably have a keyboard player on stage yeah i will if it's just like the silly like textures or whatever to try to make yourselves like seem bigger
1: well yeah yeah
0: like we need to play to the 300 score in the background or whatever the fuck it is john williams shit it's just like okay
1: well and and on like a related note too it's like with a band like um uh oh, what are they called? Um, oh, they just put out that album on Nuclear Blast. They're like that sort of like hardcore metal core with that little bit of new metal. They have the DJ. Um Oh my god, this is stalling. <laughs> um oh Vane. Ugh. Mm. Vane. So like I've seen Vane multiple times. And the best times seeing them live is when they have their live DJ. Yeah,
0: I've because, I've only seen them once, but uh, they, the DJ yeah, wasn't there. The,
1: the DJ is a pretty rare occurrence for them. But like seeing them with their DJ and the layers and the extra shit, like that he's adding to that live show is so much better than just having their vocalist. Because when they don't, the vocalist just kind of has like a little pad, you know, yeah, whatever little digital pad thing to just kind of hit the cues for some of that stuff because. It's pretty pivotal to their sound, how they've moved that in there. And it's just like seeing that one person removed from the stage that handles all that and brings in and brings way more to their live set than they normally can with just, you know, the vocalist pushing a button to to cue up the next thing. It's just like it just adds that extra. But again, it's extra cost. It's it's it just costs more to do that stuff. Sure. So, you know, it's especially for touring vans don't make money <laughs> totally even at that level you know what i mean like how much money can you possibly make doing that with vans breaking down vans getting broken into your stuff getting stolen at venues like it's just like if you have like a perfect run you can make some money but when does that happen you know what I mean? sure when do you not come across some bullshit so yeah it's just it's cost saving measures i guess but yeah fortunate to the to the the crowd who doesn't get that extra little bit of pizzazz.
0: Yeah, I think that that there's a that's an element to all of this is the the um, the economics mm. of being in yeah. a band in modern times yeah. is definitely especially in the genre silly. That we enjoy. You yeah, know what I mean? and it's it's funny because like it's getting combined. You would think with the economics of this mm. that everybody wouldn't be trying to do these setups where you have to play through fucking you know three thousand dollar laptops yeah. and all this fancy digital gear you think mm-hmm. that everybody would be rolling back i guess in some ways there are because there has been like yeah. that that whole resurgence of just like no bullshit death metal yeah. happening and stuff i think there's definitely like a
1: counterculture in modern sure. metal now happening where yeah. people are because, resisting because of the other shit like you know No offense to, you know, those like symphonic deathcore bands that have been blowing up, but it's just like once, like that Will Ramos kid came on the scene, you know, with his insane vocals, but it's just like then every deathcore kid's just like, I gotta sound like a frog or, you know what I mean? I gotta do all this extra bullshit. And then like deathcore, like, cause I'm an OG deathcore fan. I've been loving it since the early 2000s, but like it got so stale because it was all just about like, the vocalists one-upping themselves on each song and then the guitars, the riffs, everything just fell to the back line and then they just upped the symphonic stuff and so yeah you had that like especially like with a band like Psycho Frame like their new deathcore and they're just like early 2000s deathcore they're like you know no symphonic bullshit like no clean singing it's just like we're just going back to how they did it back in the day, because, yeah, it's just that it's that push to like that super clean, super crazy technical you know the vocalist having to just kind of stand still because you gotta concentrate on all that breathing technique bullshit, to yeah, that. like it's tough like <laughs> it, it's it's it
0: does the definitely like bringing up like a like a like a Lorna Shore type band, yeah, right, where it's like it's been interesting to see. And really cool to see that they're like uh, getting a lot of attention. I don't know if like your Spotify monthly listeners translate to people that actually like your band or not. Yeah. But it definitely does reflect some level of attention that the band is getting, which I think is interesting. But like, I don't, for me, and maybe this is just like old man yelling at the clouds type shit. And like, I think that it's like, oh, if I was, Seventeen, I would probably love that fucking band. One hundred percent. But the only the issue for me is just like there's been stuff that I've been listening to that sounds exactly like this Mm -hmm. from the time that I was seventeen. Right. So for me, it's like so hard to be excited by new bands doing shit that I've been listening to my whole life. Right. But I don't think that's fair to those new bands. No. No. And I don't try to like be like fuck them bands. No. And I would never say that
1: about anything like Lorna Shore because like everybody has a jumping off point. Like like I said earlier, like. I started with fucking lint biscuit and oh totally. You know what I mean? It's like everybody has that starter band that hopefully, if they really do want to get involved in like the local metal or hardcore scene, it's like you gotta start somewhere. And usually, that's something that like, you know, is popping off on YouTube or or you know on anything. And it's like you see those clips and you see that dude doing crazy vocals and you're like, that's insane. And then hopefully that like snowballs you to like you go to a show yeah. and it's like you'll check. Like an opener or something, and it's just like that's like, like you know, there's everybody's like shitting on Sleep Token and that kind of stuff. And I've never listened to that band, but it's just like, hey, if that's how somebody's getting into to their scene, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna, you know, make fun of you or anything like sure. That because you know, it, it, especially like yeah, like thinking about like, I never want to be that old man that's just like these bands suck. It's like nah, dude, it's just. <laughs> It's, it's, just, what, it's, it's what it's what is happening right yeah. now and it's all you know. I mean? It's just different, you know. <laughs> it it's always the thing that's different. interesting though,
0: that I was just thinking about with like a Lord of Shore, hmm. I wonder how this is me being kind of funny, but I wonder how annoying it is for everyone in that band that isn't the vocalist because all anybody well, ever yeah. talks about is the vocals in that band. Like, yeah.
1: And that dude probably makes a mint because he's got like a YouTube channel, like he's got his his revenue resources. He's yeah. a smart dude for doing that stuff. But yeah, it's just like it's like what it's like like being the basis for like Interpol or something. And it's like Sure. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm in one of the biggest bands in the world right now, but no, but that's also kind of dope, too, because then you're just like, if you don't want to have any of that sort of notoriety and more anonymity, that can also yeah. help as well. But it, like,
0: It's it's really interesting that like it seems like really like his ability as a vocalist is what like pu- yeah. pushed them up. Because that they gave them gave so much attention. Forever, you know what I mean? Yeah, They've been doing and-
1: it for a long time, and then it's just like that guy came on and they're just like, holy shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's interesting that like uh a vocalist in a band like that could help push a band mm. so yeah. so far up where like you feel like that would be kind of like a divisive thing yeah. but it like garnered so much interest from yeah. people even outside of like the metal community super weird because shit. it's like yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Which is like it's interesting to me. It is. But cool. cool. It is very cool. It's super fun and it's like it's also interesting that there's like a whole like I don't know it's just it's it's interesting that a band like that can be as big as they are mm. but there's still so much that's like it's like there's no like middle ground right either like yeah. nobody knows you or everybody well, yeah. knows you and, and it's even, like yeah for even how
1: to, it's like I feel like they' skipped so many steps in a weird yeah. way and I still
0: don't understand how that yeah. happened
1: and well even when you say big it's like They yeah they have like millions and stuff, but it's like when they come through, it's like Roxy and you know, which is a sizable venue, but it's like at the end of the day, it ain't it's not Taylor Swift. (laughs) Sure,
0: I mean, I guess that's fair. Yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) it ain't Kenny Chesney. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) one hundred percent. So you know, I don't
0: know, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's been interesting to see. I feel like more. I don't know if it's me being into attuned to it, but I feel like I see a lot more people now that um, are into like how do I put this? I feel like weirdo subculture in general, even outside of oh yeah, outside of music, yeah, like movies, anime, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. I feel like it's so normal now. Oh yeah, one hundred percent everywhere. Which is like really another interesting thing to see for me. And I'm sure you as well. Somebody that like growing up, like it was like kind of hard to find so much of this stuff. And now there's like weirdo (laughs) shit everywhere. Yeah. So it's like, what even is
1: counterculture anymore? Like (laughs) For me, like, especially with like, I've loved anime for a long, long time. (laughs) But for my brother and I, it was like, you had to be at your TV for Toonami. And then we would like, go walk like because we didn't have cars uh, but there was like a Sam Goody like two miles down the road. So we would walk to Sam Goody and dumpster dive that bitch. Oh nice. So hard. Those Sam Goody's probably not around for a reason because they fucking threw everything out. So they would just like they would throw anime. They like threw anime magazines out. They threw video games like standees like all this stuff. So it was just like scooping that up and walking the two miles back and just being like, look at this hall of free shit. (laughs) But like I discovered so much stuff because they were throwing video game magazines out. They were throwing anime magazines out, like all this cool pop culture stuff that was, you know, at that time you really only found at those weird stores like Sam Goody or something in the mall like that. And so it was just really cool to like discover stuff through that, you know, and through the internet, because like, we my brother and i we paid for our high-speed internet because we wanted to play xbox live so we were like we both had jobs and like our parents refused to like buy cable like you know like like a decent internet cable so it's like we just we paid for that gotcha (laughs) that bill because we wanted to do that stuff and it was just like you know it's much easier to access now which is way easier you can do crunchy roll for free and that stuff now so it's like it's all at your fingertips but it was kind of fun to just kind of just grab a magazine and there's like a demo in there with like an episode of some random anime and you're just like oh this is cool but you know you know it's different strokes for different folks different yeah waves of, of how you find stuff anymore I, but I, like it's funny
0: it's just I don't know. I, I remember when I was younger, like anything that looked remotely anime, I would try to check out because yeah. there was so little of it. So yeah. anytime you would see something, hundred percent, you would be dude. like, "Oh, I got to check this out!" Yeah. And then
1: you know, like you know, yeah, the, most I, of the cool stuff wasn't airing on TV. No, you know, Toonami did. I mean, I'm not gonna. Toonami was great. Like they turned me on to some cool stuff, but like. Yeah, you either had to just, like, go to Family Video or Blockbuster. Yeah. Check something. Like, I did that so many times with, like, Wicked City and Ninja Scroll. Oh, yeah. And and Ghost in the Shell and Akira. Just, like, seeing that box. And, like, I'm a huge horror fan, too. So it's just, like, that ritual was just, like, that box is cool as shit. We're renting this tonight and we're watching it. But it was just, like it was prohibitive like you couldn't own that stuff anime dvds still to this day are like you get like four episodes and it's like 30 dollars and it's like who the fuck can afford to like even watch a single season especially Uh back then so it's just like doing the dumpster diving made it affordable (laughs) because it was free yeah and then just like renting stuff but you know i i love having i love that netflix you know what i mean like something like that is just like we're putting millions of dollars behind like some random weird anime concept because it's just it's hugely popular now so i love that it's way more accessible for yeah and like again like what i say with horror, it's like you have shutter you have scream box like you know the licensing and rights issues aside of that stuff which can be boring <laughs> and tedious it's <laughs> still so much more stuff is at your fingertips um and that's like i can be nostalgic and be like you know back in the day it was Walk two miles to oh, totally. dumpster dive for yeah. anime. You know what I mean. But it's like four b- miles yes, back and total, forth in the yeah. snow. You know. Never in the snow. <laughs> Although I did get a Paul Stanley kiss standy one time, which was sad. fuck yeah, <laughs> and a Legally Blonde one that yeah. was that was dope with this Witherspoon. I just kind of one year for Halloween. I just strapped the, <laughs> the Reese Witherspoon uh, yeah. like the standee to my body uh-huh. just poked out holes in the eyes and just went as legally planned. that rules it was it was great yeah it's a lot of a lot of good treasures from that that dumpster I'm really sad that uh, people will not get to experience that anymore yeah d- dumpster dive that's rule number two <laughs> show up dumpster
0: dive. D- show up. <laughs> yeah I I, it's interesting. I feel like it. there's like a, it's to me, it's like almost like an overcorrection. Like I feel like there used to be such a limited amount of like weirdo counterculture stuff. And then now, like if I go, if you can find an FYE, mm. if you go into a store like that, it's like it's overstimulating. Oh, it's like dude, it's packed crazy, with so much crap. And like a lot of it, like unfortunately is like just crap. Yeah. It's like so weird. It's yeah. like I don't need, like, a Naruto PlayStation 3 controller holder. But maybe someone maybe does. Somebody does. <laughs> you know?
1: Somebody's buying it. It's just, it. like, there's, like, so much there's stuff lot, being made.
0: Dude. And so they have, like, there's, like... It's f- so weird now that, like, I could go into a shopping mall. Like, mm. I could go into FYE. And they have, like, a
1: whole end cap of, like, yeah. Junji Ito dude, well, stuff. That's, dude, even, like... Because I'm also in... I'm into like fucking everything. Every, every dorky thing you can imagine. I'm a collector. I just love physical media. I just I like to have physical shit. And so yeah, like ten years ago when I was like getting into like really getting into comics and stuff, like in loving Junji Ito, it was like it prohibit. It was so hard because like. You know, Dark Horse had done like a run back in like 2004, but they hadn't been repressing. So it's like, you know, I have some old Junji Ito stuff that's now worth crazy amounts of money. But like now, yeah, it's like you got a you got a Barnes and Noble or anywhere really, and it's just like here's this whole thing of Junji Ito, which is awesome because now it's not like costing a hundred bucks for some old print. Like they've got every piece of his like every single one of his short stories all of yeah. the big ones and it's just like that's made it so, cheaper which has been crazy I wonder if this is like what's
0: happening I wonder if like normal society the um what, what, what muggles mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I wonder if like those people that aren't like counterculture pop culture type people mm-hmm. like they're not shopping in retail stores anymore are the only yeah. people looking for physical media freaks yeah so yeah. like these retail stores have leaned in like oh yeah. the only way we're gonna get people in here is if we have dragon ball z boxers 100%. and michael myers socks
1: i mean that's like having gone to hot topic since the early 2000s like the way that business stays relevant by like following nerdy and geeky trends is like top tier in my opinion like yeah you go on a hot topic it's like half the store is just anime you know yeah because that's that's the only thing that people are going to buy is just anime shirts anime toys figures all that bullshit because it's just like that's the that's where the collector mindset is is Uh just dork shit yeah and like legacy
0: rock t-shirts
1: for those people's parents yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can't. I've said this like ten thousand times already, but like you can't go into any store in the mall anymore. I don't mm-hmm. care what store it is; every
1: single store sells a Def Leppard T-shirt. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent anywhere. Yeah, Target's gonna have it. Oh yeah, you want a Def Leppard? You want an ac shirt? I, I said
0: they why? had a. I saw a Metallica crewneck sweater
1: in Hollister. Okay. I yeah, mean. every everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. But that yeah, but that's. I mean, that goes back to, you know, just. Oh, a Kardashian will wear a Metallica shirt. And so now that's cool. Uh-huh. You know I mean, wear a Metallica shirt, which, you know, hopefully that means you maybe listen to a, a song or two. You know, <laughs> I don't care if it does or doesn't. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not going to go up to you and be like, name three Metallica songs. That's, oh, totally. That's the lamest shit I've uh, ever... That dude is <laughs> <laughs> way lamer than somebody that's just being some kind of poser. Like <laughs> the, the the gatekeeper... I, I would rather side with the poser than the gatekeeper anytime. Because gatekeeping is just so... oh so so lame
0: for sure (laughs) for sure and that's the thing too like going back to our conversation about like a lorna shore or whatever Mm -hmm. like that like i remember being the 17 year old kid 16 15 whatever you know what i mean like being like i just found this crazy band called cradle of filth yeah you know what i mean and i remember like the older mall rat dudes would be like oh like you know you shouldn't listen to that. You should check out this. And like, yeah. actually one of those guys showed me Children of Bodom, which, okay, fair enough. You make a good point. Yeah. But also, also, like, your attitude is dog shit. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, you gotta just like, let people enjoy things and find mm-hmm. things on their own.
1: It's pretend like, also that Cradle of Filth doesn't have bangers is fucking stupid. Oh yeah, you're <laughs> out of your
0: fucking mind. Okay? But to this day, they're still a good band. They're still doing it. Yeah. Whoever the fuck's in that band, Danny know. Filth yeah. and Company, yeah, I guess. Yeah. But, um, you know, the The brand of that band is has always yeah, been fun 100%, to me percent. Yeah. And like the thing is like people are gonna find things in their own way. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? it's like why in the world would like? A nine-year-old kid that's like listening to Slipknot like what do you expect him yeah to like what do you expect him to know about right right unless right. like he has like weirdo freak parents or something right. like yeah, that exactly yeah cause... like that, that that was my position <laughs> you know what I mean like I had a dad that was in the metal and stuff like that yeah. so I knew about Lucky, a lot of stuff yeah. a lot
1: younger right. than some other people did but that's still like which is yeah like when I see like somebody like like a hardcore dude or a metal dude who is just like they bring their kids to a show and it's just like that's awesome man like i wish like could you imagine like the the clout you'd have being like a six-year-old kid seeing shit right now and then like 20 years later being like yeah i saw them 20 years ago oh yeah like that's that's the coolest shit ever like i wish i had gone had the opportunity to go to shows when i was a kid because i missed out on a lot of stuff like stuff that i was listening to that just i could never see totally on now
0: my dad took me to a lot of shows but the one show that i really wish i could have gone to but my mom wouldn't let him take me it was before it was right before she started letting him take me to shows Mm. was fucking white zombie (sighs) on the fucking Los Exorcistos tour was um and that's so uh, it was like early, like probably like 90, like early 90s. It was before was that, Astro Creep. Was that the tour they did with the Melvins or no? I don't remember who okay. the fuck was on that show. I just, because I just, I just remember as a kid wanting to go to the White Zombie Daddy, show yeah. and I couldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> but it's fine. I got to go to some other cool stuff once did I got a least little get bit
1: older. I to see a Rob
0: Zombie. I have seen Rob Zombie, uh, yes.
1: <laughs> I saw Rob Zombie at yeah, one of Zombie. the Oz Fests. Dude, it was just like playing on the Dreamcast as a teen, playing, uh, Jet Set Radio like they had just for the American release they had like this basically American level and it was just Rob Zombie's Dragula was the soundtrack oh, really? to that level so was just like <laughs> I've heard that song a billion times at this point and it's just like <laughs> it's, that was yeah I mean a lot of like speaking of new metal like Dreamcast like being a Dreamcast kid and it was like every single advertisement for like Dreamcast especially the online stuff was all Fred Durst like he was like the spokesperson. Really, I don't yeah. remember that. He was That's the spokesperson so funny. For at big time. Like all, I just because I had like a subscription to the Dreamcast magazine, and it was just like. You know what I mean? Like play online with like. Wait,
0: did you have a subscription <laughs> to the Dreamcast magazine, or was it like the Sam Goody subscription? No, no, no. It was. It
1: was a subscription. <laughs> we we actually paid to get that mail to us. That was yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's my favorite. Cool. That's my favorite system of all time. So it was just like I was. That was like when I was like 15 years old that came out. So I was like able to like really fully appreciate that, and I was just like just digging for every scrap of news and stuff like that so yeah but yeah it was just you could win like I remember there was like a, a competition to win a Dreamcast with, that was signed by Limp Bizkit and stuff huh. like that yeah dude they were all over I have um, an old uh, cause the Sega Dreamcast had uh, sponsored the 2000 uh, what was that new metal tour um, oh well this one was Ozfest so I had this old like year 2000 just it's like sega dreamcast and it's like basically the uh just that that really shitty sun, you know what I mean? That like really uh-huh. bad sun tattoo that like every Gen X dude okay, has. Like the Godsmack yeah, logo? Yeah, Godsmack logo, but it was like with the Sega Dreamcast and it just says Ozfest in the back and it's just like, that's one of my treasures.
0: I can't think of a, like a, a shirt more geared to you. I know. Personally. <laughs> it's,
1: like, it's, it's metal and it's video games and that's why I was just like, this is mine. Like, I can't not have
0: this. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, th- I'm surprised that I don't really remember that. I don't know. I feel like, I was never a huge video game kid Mm. but i was always around it like my friends that played video games i had a playstation i had a playstation 2 you know i I played through some stuff yeah but i think that probably around the time that i started getting into like making music Mm. i was like 13 14 and then um I was, but I started making beats on my PlayStation on MTV Music Generator. Oh, sick! That was like yeah. how I started making. music. <laughs> so, like literally, I think that if mu- if that game wouldn't have happened, right? Who yeah. kno- I probably who knows? would have been. I don't, actually, I'm sure that I would have found <laughs> one way or another. It, but, you know, one way or another, Doesn't I probably really, would yeah. have wound
1: up making, <laughs> Just making music beats on but, MTV Music Generator. But <laughs> but
0: that MTV was like was that's where sick. it started. That's really you know, bad. and then yeah, I mean, I had MTV Music Generator too as well for the PlayStation Two. <laughs> uh, Pretty that was a, co-hosted system? by Funkmaster
1: Flex. Oh shit. They even had voiceover stuff too. Oh yes. That's it. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, he has like a whole intro that he recorded yeah. oh, okay. for it. Like whenever you turn it on, I still remember it. It's like burned in my brain, like the intro whenever it would boot up.
1: That's that's super
0: dope. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's going down. It's your boy <laughs> Funkmaster Flex, and we're here to premiere the new MTV music generator 2, baby. And then it's like. Worker, worker. <laughs> like it's bur- uh, like the dialogue's that dialogue's burned yeah, in my head go. dude. Good. I've heard it so many fucking <laughs> times. But Were yeah, do you able I, to export those beats at all? So, yeah, I actually did. Um this is going to be a fun plug for my youtube here on uh start the beat youtube you could go back actually during the pandemic mm. i did like a whole big video talking about mtv music generator and oh, i like i like real. screen recorded it and like show some of the old beats that i made yeah, and all that kind of stuff and just talked rad. about the process of that have, like memory cards and stuff. oh yeah i still have all my memory oh, cards sick. and everything so dope. <laughs> yeah totally i there was a thing that happened when like i've always been into like collecting things yeah, um I, mean, I have like same. a cult my dad's the same way yeah. i have an uncle that was the same way where it was just like you know you get things and you keep them yeah. um but then you know like my parents divorced and i lived with my mom and like you know a lot of my shit just kind of got thrown yeah, away like dude. oh like this shirt doesn't fit you anymore get rid of it mm-hmm. like all that kind of stuff so like it got to a point like probably when i was like you know like 16 17 like and I started to realize, like, man, I really wish I still had that shit from when I was like ten. Like, I had like all them like GI Joe size Mortal Kombat action oh, yeah. figures and all that shit. Dude, don't even, get... you know. And like, it's like, where are they now, dude? I don't know, <laughs> you know. And it's like, I so it's like I'm never fucking
1: getting rid of anything. Yeah. Well, you know? that was like my original Dreamcast collection had some of the rarest games. Like they're like well over five hundred bucks now a piece at, at yeah. this point for some of this. But like in college, I lived in just this fucking party house that just like rotated. And we had at one time, like maybe 10 people total living in the house. And it just it disappeared one day. And so I'm just like, I tried to rebuild my Dreamcast collection a couple years ago. And it's just like, I'm not even I'm not even going to bother because it's so expensive, even for like. Dog shit titles, yeah, just bad stuff, and it's just like it's so prohibitive to collect.
0: Yeah, that's which which, that's 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 the bummer when 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 the when the finance bros infiltrate the weirdo shit.
1: Yeah, well, dude, like, cause I'm also like, so just here's like a little landscape of the shit I collect. That's so I (laughs) (laughs) I collect laser discs. I have one of those IKEA like four by fours, like the. Maybe it's five by five. It's the big ones. Like it's, it's, that whole thing is filled with just discs. So well, somewhere around maybe a thousand titles, I would give or take. I collect VHS, video games on occasion, and like some Blu-rays and stuff for like more niche, like horror titles and that kind of stuff. But it's just like, when freaking uh, Pete Davidson went on some dumb talk show and just said, I bought a bunch of sealed VHS tapes, stuff just like garbage, just like. Just like run of the mill bullshit. Jurassic Park. Yeah, Jurassic Park
0: sealed. No, no shade to Jurassic Park. No, no. But it's just like (laughs) there's millions
1: of copies of these VHS out there, and so now it's just like even collecting something like doing. That's why I went to like VHS and Laserdisc because it's relatively a cheap thing because it's a niche thing and nobody really cares. And it's like the hard to find titles are always going to be hard to find. You know what I mean? There, those will always have a cost. But like, you just see like people like. Trying like they're like grading VHS now, like going to those auction houses and grading sealed VHS, and then that costs like a hundred dollars to just yeah. grade a single no, VHS. No, it's so interest. now they're like trying to sell Jurassic Park sealed for like a thousand dollars. It's like this is worthless, this is worth maybe a dollar. I'll yeah. go to the Goodwill and find a sealed Jurassic Park right now. Like, this is this is so pointless, and so it's like you said, like these financial bros, these like influencer people who like come into a niche fun community where like everybody's just trading and having fun and selling stuff for you know an actual real price Yeah, and then these people just show up and they're just like I'm selling my great Jurassic Park for a thousand dollars and it's just like it just Mm. makes it not fun like I mean it's always going to be fun for me because like my wife and I love like thrifting and going to flea markets and stuff. And that's always going to be cheap. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm never going to be like, even some, some thrift stores are a little,
0: they're, they're I, getting a I little, I don't
1: do Goodwill. They're like, getting a don't, little silly. I don't really fuck with Goodwill anymore because that's the thing too. They'll hop on those trends too. So it's just like what used to be a place for people to like go and buy clothes that they couldn't otherwise afford. Now they're getting slapped with like, goodwill has like a special section for like t-shirts and stuff It's like you got that shit for free like yeah why are you not pricing this just to sell like you're not a you know what i mean you're not ebay you're like
0: my girlfriend always says and she's right like you know we were at I think, like, the red, white, and blue on 51. I don't even, I don't. And, you know, go there and it's, and it's like, I hadn't been there in forever. Forever. But, you know, she just recently yeah. moved to Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, gotcha. So, and she's into all this stuff. Yeah. So, it's like, oh, let's go to the spots. You yeah. know what I mean? It's right by our house. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, looking around, it's just like, She's like, you know, I could buy new clothes from Macy's for cheaper than this.
1: Yeah. Like, especially red, white, and blue is awful. And they're cash only. At least they were back in the day. They still are. They still are. So it's like, not only do they overcharge for everything in there, then you're just like, they also are cash only. So you're just like, you want me to pay basically what I'd be paying online, if not more. And you want me to do it in cash. This is, is very stupid. So yes, like with my wife and I, like one of our favorite things in the world to do is like drive an hour 90 minutes sometimes two hours outside the city just explore some random spot like we'll we'll like find like a diner like the last one we did uh when we had like the week of christmas we took that week off of work and we went out to um johnstown shout out johnstown sick place randy path of the flood guitarist, (laughs) one of my favorite guitarists in the 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 area yeah he's from there um we like thrifted in johnstown and then we went to indiana pa and thrifted and it's just like it's so much more fun when you go outside the city and you just kind of like just find that cool little diner and you go and you eat a nice breakfast and then you're just like all right let's like just fucking find some treasures like yeah it's just it's like it's it's more so like even if i don't find anything on any given day it was still fun because it's like i spent hours with the person i love totally doing a fun little hobby we like to do and if we find stuff cool if we don't we still had a great time like better than just sitting around and doing nothing so yeah you know that's that's like that's my motivator right there it's just like it's just it's such a fun thing to do with my wife (laughs) yeah yeah
0: i mean we we've me and grace have been doing pretty much the same thing when we're like out on the road you know we'll try to find something Same. you know some of the stuff is like places that she's been familiar with um like we went to there's a really awesome antique mall somewhere in virginia that we went to that's huge mm. uh huge you know they say it's like America's largest antique mall, but that's also like world's best coffee, like an elf. (laughs) Congratulations, (laughs) you did it! But the place is huge. It's awesome. We found a lot of really cool stuff there. There's some really good ones in Tennessee, yeah, down by Pigeon Forge. Oh yeah, Yeah. Oh, I'm and I I know, I know, you know. Yeah, (laughs) 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 yeah. I have
1: like most of my family lives in like Knoxville now, which is right by Pigeon Forge, and so anytime we go to visit them, it's like we're hitting up. They got so many thrift stores there yeah and they're all sick so uh-huh. yeah, it's just like that's the thing too with like traveling like doing a trip it's like generally we like to just do a trip where we can drive because it's like we like to break up a, an eight-hour drive with like some thrifting along the way because it's like well when am i ever gonna thrift in friggin' out or like not even altoona but like we're like on the other side of of Pennsylvania or in the middle of Ohio, it's just like, we might as well. And it's like, that's one of those things too, where it's like driving. I I'll, I'll drive the whole trip, but it's just like, if I thrift and I find some cool stuff, I'm just like re-energized. And I'm like, it's much easier to make the drive because I'm like, I've been able to do that half hour pit stop and like, yeah, engage my brain in in a hobby I like. And so it's like an eight hour drive isn't that bad because it's like I get the thriftier. I get the thriftier, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. it's yeah, it's it's super fun. And like if you were ever in my house, it's just like my office space is just like I have all my v h s in there and a bunch of toys, and then my the music room is like, a bunch of vinyl records and a bunch of laser discs, and then my basement is just like all my thrifted clothes. I have like five, like four or five racks of just like vintage clothes and coats. So, uh, most of it's like Pittsburgh sports-related stuff because like I just gravitate to like the 80s and 90s, like Pittsburgh Steelers and especially the Penguins aesthetic, like that that Penguin whatever I, the triangle logo, the old like the 90s to like early 2000s yeah. that I don't know why I don't have that tattooed on me because it's <laughs> literally my favorite logo of all time. Uh-huh. But like that was when like the Penguins sucked, you know what I mean? So nobody cares about that era so much anymore. But like for me, it's just like like I came in. I have like that old Zubaz uh, Penguins jacket with that logo on there that Chris Smith gave me years back, and it's just like. I just any if there's something with that logo on, I don't care what it is, any dumb piece of merch, I'm just like this is mine. Totally. i like, a dumb shrine. I've got like weedy cereal boxes uh-huh. from that era. So, yeah, it's just I don't know. I could just talk about the dumb shit I collect.
0: Yeah, it's so hard. You know, me and Grace will find ourselves like now at this point where it's like we'll see. Like it's the exercise of restraint. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm proud of both of us. We've mm-hmm. gotten a lot better. It just have like, gotten better, yeah. There where it's was... <laughs> like, like what, like what do I really need this right, for?
1: Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do have to be like, okay, is this cool? All right, uh, yeah. Am I actually going to do something with it, or is it just going into the basement as soon as we get home? Yeah, you know I, mean? I so need to
0: like, like do the like, like don't pick it up right now. Right. If I'm still, if I even remember that I saw that in 10 minutes from now, yeah. maybe it's worth yeah. it. Because a lot of the times there's yeah. stuff where it's like, I've had I it saw hard. something. What was it? I really liked that thing. It's yeah.
1: like, I don't even remember it. It's like, it must not have been that fucking important. But what I also love about it too, is just because I have so many friends and it's just like, if I'm out in the wild and I see something cool that I know a buddy's going to love, I'm going to pick it up because there's a couple bucks. And it's just like, yeah. like I did that w- with recently with, uh, my friend Chris, who the guitarist in Econondam, I found this cool ass, like cause he's a he was in Sarlacc, which is a Star Wars grindcore band. I, I found this like poster. It was like an OG from 1977 from the US Health Department, where it was it was C three PO and uh, R2D2, and it was just like make sure your kids are immunized. So it was like this immunization like <laughs> like PSA from the US Health Department with the droids from Star Wars on it. And it was like five bucks. And I was just like, this is a no-brainer. They will love this. And I put it in a frame and gave it to them as yeah. a present because it's just like, and like when people come over, I have all those clothes in my basement that like, I, I stopped fucking with Depop because selling stuff on Depop was just so annoying because everybody mm. just kept Lowballing and being weird and sketchy so i stopped doing that so it's like if people come over it's just like go down in my basement if there's something on those racks that you know you are feeling take it because it cost me two bucks <laughs> five years ago that money is well gone and spent i sure. do not care <laughs> sure so it's just yeah it's just i love giving dumb shit to people that will appreciate it more love it. than just like holding on to it you uh-huh. know there's stuff that i'll never Give away, you know what I mean? Because I can't, yeah, I just can't. But like, if, if there's something that like I have no attachment to, but I know a buddy does, it's like take this because you are going to love it. Hell yeah! Than being in a trash can somewhere or a dump somewhere, you know?
0: Hey, hey,
1: yeah, you know. I'm very if
0: you if you if you come across <laughs> any XL Disney stuff that you're not interested in, oh,
1: I know, brother. <laughs> <laughs> any, if any, you any XL any, Disney any... stuff, I got you <laughs> I got a lot of Disney shit. Yeah, it's, I love I love all the old 90s Disney oh, stuff same dude. I've got yeah. a lot of Disney stuff. It's just so sick like yeah, any like a lot of like uh any like Universal Studios stuff from the 90s too. I've got a good collection of too. Yeah. And like because I'm from Northwest Ohio like Toledo area. So like anything Cedar Point if I find mm. I've got some cool Cedar Point stuff too. Nice. So it's just like, yeah, theme park stuff, you know, I mean, you, yeah, you go harder on theme parks than anybody else I know, but it's just like, yeah, any of that kind of stuff is just like, if that's 80s or 90s, I'm just grabbing that, yeah, so, I'll, I'll, I'll dig around. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, I mean, no, I definitely. always I always try to look around for stuff, but it, it's so hard to find mm. that stuff anymore. Yeah, that's that's the one thing, like, my
1: wife hates about when I go thrifting, is I'm so meticulous, like, I will go through the entire cloak, <laughs> like, never the, know. the men's shirt, it's just like, you know, it's just going to be buried somewhere in a random spot. So uh-huh. you have to check every shirt. And it's just, she's like, I'm going to go to the car now. Cause like she can scope something in like five minutes and be done. But for me, it's just like, there's probably a hidden treasure here. So I have to just look uh-huh. at everything, which can take a long time. Sure. Sure.
0: <laughs> I, I feel you, but Hey, we should all go thrifting sometime. dude. I would love
1: That'd be that. fun. It was fun doing like the just doing Kennywood with you. Yeah. Those times like it's, yeah, dude. I don't, I'm always down for, like, yeah. Cause that's the thing. Like people always hit me up as like, how do you find this stuff thrifting? And it's just like, Go? Because I like, just go a lot. It's like, and like sometimes you find nothing. It's like the band rule. Like if yeah. you want something, show up. Yeah. <laughs> so- <laughs> show up and dumpster dive. Yeah. Fuck Goodwill. Just take from the collection spot right there. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Fuck them. Pretend like you're dropping off some boxes and then just cring- trading boxes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Hell yeah. Well, shit, Adam. I think now would probably be a good time for us to Pull the plug on our conversation here. Sure, yeah, we've been going for a little over an hour. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Plenty, plenty, God, plenty God, of man. good tidbits in here. Yeah. Time flies. Time does when you're having here. fun and in good company. Yeah. So, um, to act like a professional here, mm. real quick. Yeah. Would you like to promote your your band?
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll promote some <laughs> shit. We've already talked about yeah, it, we but about yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So, um, Naraka's on indefinite hiatus. Is not done. Uh, we are, All the dudes are chatting because that's like the one thing like as long as I've been doing this music for you know I, with old my old band Meth Corey playing with you guys and old fears back yes. in the day like nobody cared I mean it was fun doing those bands but like Naraka is that one band I've been doing in this 10 plus years I've been doing this stuff where people actually cared about and like I always get hit up is like when Naraka coming back it's like it's gonna come back eventually. We're all chatting. Everybody's like, nobody hates each other or anything like that. It's just, there's some circumstances that, you know, not everybody can do it right now. So hopefully Naraka will come back sooner than later. Um, oh, I've gotten my other grindcore band, Aconidum, Um, And we are actively playing shows. I mean, I think this is airing probably too late for the show that's happening at the end of this month. But we have something in the works for March. And we that's not announced yet um that'll hopefully be at the shred shed which cool the coolest actual venue in the city like actually in the city limits cuz preserving and and green beacon they're outside the city technically so it's like that's my favorite space right now in pittsburgh is is shred shed um and then we have on my birthday which is 420 uh <laughs> how ironic <laughs> <laughs> um we are playing with see you next tuesday
0: oh that's right out and, at the beacon right at the yeah beacon cool
1: with uh a killer toledo band Mutilatred as well and then riparian who are the homies they're the best death metal band in pittsburgh right now in my opinion and then vulgar mephitis is a close second but <laughs> <it's Dan. laughs> it's sure both of them so yeah up. <laughs> uh Um, Fuck you, Dan. (laughs) Talented piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking (laughs)
0: loser. Yeah,
1: stop being. Get a real hobby. Yeah, stop being so good at talking. Yeah, yeah, we're playing. We're playing that show on four twenty, which is like a dream come true for me. Like, see you next Tuesday. I've been listening to for God knows how long. So to play a show with them is fucking nuts. Um, that's what we, and we're going to have like, I think we want to write like one more song. We're like close to finishing up one more. So I think we're going to have like an eight song EP and we'll probably have that recorded and out sometime in the sum by the summer, I would say. Um, so that'll be cool. And then I do like, for like the more nerdy side of the shit I do, I have this dumb YouTube channel called Analog Oddities, which is just the weird vhs and laser discs that i thrift i put them on youtube because it's like weirdo goofy ass like instructional videos for like a vacuum cleaner or some dumb shit it's just like somebody wants to watch this you know what i mean so (laughs) yeah i put a lot of that stuff up up on on that on that youtube channel as well which is like a fun, dumb little distraction. It's like it kind of justifies collecting dumb shit. It's like, well, I'm doing something with it. I'm putting it, up, I'm sure, putting it up online. Yeah. So not a ton of fun. Digital
0: archiving is
1: important. You it know, is. you'll see, yeah.
0: like, there's always those like, uh, people like the like in like lost media threads on like Reddit and oh, shit yeah. like that. Like so people fun. are always looking for weird, obscure mm-hmm. stuff. And who knows? Maybe one day you'll contribute something great. Like you'll you'll find some <laughs> weird, lost Sesame Street yeah. episode or so something. That's
1: the thing. If you Or your grandma (laughs) or mom have like some old ass VHS tapes where they were recording some Lifetime original movies. Send those bitches. (laughs) I love doing those dumb commercial compilations where I'll just like rip a whole VHS and then just cut out all the commercial breaks and then just put it into like a big long video. Those are like the things I do best for me because it's just like people just. Want to see like old commercials from when they were kids, and it's super fun to do. So, like, yeah, just give me all that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, with all that being said, this has been quite a podcast. Thank you for coming by, Adam. Always. Hell yeah. yeah, Yeah, You know, you know, the scoop here. We're going to do my professional outro. That's you, not me. This is my first podcast I don't know what I'm (laughs) doing. That is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. My name is Brian start the beat is the podcast as you should already know it says it right there Uh, until next time take care of yourselves take care of the people around you peace and that's it we did a podcast yeah (laughs) fuck yeah thank you man yeah
1: dude